Hey everyone, welcome back to the Americana Station podcast. I'm so glad to have you today. My name is Will Payne Harrison and I am your host. I'm excited to have the Danberries. Uh, we talked through Zoom today. It was my first foray into the Zoom world for recording podcasting. Um, and uh, it didn't go too bad, I don't think. Uh, you know, we'll see. You, you be the judge of that. Um, the Danberries were supposed to have their new album, Shine, come out on May 15th. But due to the COVID pandemic, it came out July 24th. Um, today is August 7th, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah, there it is on my computer. I can see. Today is August 7th. I don't even know what day. It is Friday, right? And uh, so it's been out for, you know, a little more than a week. Two weeks. So... Uh, you should dive in. If you haven't heard it, once you finish this podcast, if you're on Spotify, just click on over to the Danberries and give it a listen. It's really good stuff. They have uh, some really awesome names on the record. We'll get into that on this episode of the podcast. Let me leave you hanging. I don't want to give you all the information right away. I have been uh, recording for, since seems like since the pandemic started, uh, an EP, a five-song EP, uh, a new single came out this past Friday called Caroline. It is a cover of the Rayo Brothers, and um, I'm really proud of how it turned out. So also, check that out. Now that I'm a pro at this whole Zoom thing, um, I'm going to be doing some more Zoom interviews. And uh, today I'm actually recording Mona Lisa Tribe, so that'll be out in a few weeks. If you haven't heard of them, go check them out. They are a female-fronted folk band. They're an all-female uh, band, and uh, they play multiple instruments and have the most beautiful harmonies. Uh, I heard them um, initially, apparently, I, I heard them at a festival that we played together, but I didn't put that together until I realized that uh, one of the singers was from Florida, and we connected over um, uh, s some of the people that were at the festival, and then I realized, oh, they were at the festival as well. Uh, but then I heard them again online and was just blown away by their new singles. Uh, they have an EP coming out soon. They, I think they have two or three. I think they're on their third single right now. Um, so you can go to your favorite streaming platform and hear Mona Lisa Tribe, and then you can go to their band camp and pay for it because that's what you should do right now if you can afford it. Um, I also have Eva Castle uh, or Cassell. I'm not really sure how to say that yet. I will ask her that soon. She will be coming up on the podcast as well, and uh, we got some other people in the pipeline. So it's going to be a busy season because I have a lot more time to interview people. A lot of the time, you know, at this point, I'm on the road, and, and it's really just meshing up schedules. But it's not too hard to uh, mesh up schedules whenever everyone is pretty open and pretty at home and pretty bored. So um, I'm going to be doing as many of these as I possibly can, and uh, hopefully you will like and follow and rate because those things are very important to being seen uh, on the streaming platforms. If you are on Apple Music, you can do that. That's, uh, or I'm sorry, on iTunes Music, you can do that. It's really important. I'm also on Spotify. Well, I mean, you know, if you're listening right now, you know what platform I'm on. But uh, yeah, so make sure you rate and review this. That would help so much more than the time in this pandemic, when you would just be flipping through your phone, getting angry at politics on Facebook anyways, just take that five minutes of anger and put it towards some uh, some help helping me out, get some more guests on the show, um, paying the bills, 
getting me some uh, some some more eyes and ears on this podcast. Well, I guess eyes don't really matter. Ears matter more. Anyways, um, normally I try to mention the stuff that I have coming up, but there's nothing coming up for me um, except for one thing that I would love for you to tune in for. Eddie Owens presents with Jess Jacoy. Um, who hopefully I'll get on the podcast soon. We're going down to uh, Duluth, Georgia for a online stri- streaming performance at their theater. Uh, Eddie Owen presents. Uh, they they uh, got onto me on Twitter because I said Eddie Owens. It's Eddie Owen. Um, so if you go to, you can, on Twitter, they're EO presents, I believe. And um, I'm not sure what all the other things are, but if you just Google Eddie Owen Presents, you will find a link. It's going to be streaming, I believe, on YouTube as well as Facebook Live. Uh, so you get to hear Jess Chicoy, um, who is an incredible singer-songwriter here in Nashville and a good friend of mine. I'm hoping to get on the podcast soon as well. And Kate Coleman, who is a Georgia local, and she's going to be performing with us on that event. So tune in. It, like I said, uh, it's 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, so uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it'll be on Eddie Owen Presents, maybe.com, as well as their YouTube page. So check that out. Uh, it's my pretty much my last show of the year. I haven't had one since, I believe, February, so it's it's been quite a while. So it's nice to get out. I'm not sure I'll know what to do, uh, honestly. All right, so here's what you want to do. Check out the Danberries. Check out my new single. Tune into Eddie Owen Presents on August 21st at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, like, rate, and review this podcast, and you will be my favorite person in the world. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of the podcast with the Danberries. Nashville's The Danberries are somehow both charmingly old world and very much in the moment. The married couple's rich pastoral blues and muscly folk evolve the big-hearted storytelling of pioneering giants like the Carter family, but could only come now as a mixed offshoot of Roots Music's ever-growing family tree. Shine was picked Best New Music by American Songwriter, as well as the editor's pick for The Boot. Other articles such as Americana Highways, Ear to the Ground, Folk Radio UK, and Uncut Magazine have given them rave reviews as well. Without further ado, here are the Danberries. How's it going? <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate yeah. it. This is my first foray into Zoom. Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've done Zoom before, but I've never done it as a recording platform. So this is new yeah. to me. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. So you, your album came out Friday. Yeah, right? yeah I did. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. How's it, and how's it been going? you're a musician too as, as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I also do Americana stuff. That's kind of the reason I started this. I wanted to talk to songwriters about 
just doing music and, and uh, how they write songs and, and also giving them a platform. Cause I think there's a lot of platforms out there for artists that are already established, you know, and have like long careers, but there's nothing for people that are, you know, still trying to break through yeah. uh, to really um, be spotlighted. So that was kind of my purpose. And then uh, Robert Earl Keane started his Americana podcast and no hijacked it. I'd love to know about that one. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah. Uh, so how uh, I, I read your bio. Mm-hmm. You were dating and you gave her a guitar <laughs> and broke up, right? Is that how it worked? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recommend A parting that. gift. Is, yeah. I gave that guitar to my ex-husband's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I have never lived that down. I will never live that down. Right. What kind of guitar was it? It was cheap. It was, it was a, a washburn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It reminded me of you. Was I was so sad. Guitar. Wasn't it black? It was black. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cut away. I mean, man. Yeah. Gift. We gave yeah. it to her like a month before we broke up. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you gave me a guitar and then you taught me like three chords mm-hmm. and then we broke up. Yeah. And that, so that guitar was just like, a huge so and we were broken up for like five years so like you know that was a long time um when you're in your 20s i guess it's still yeah. a long time but <laughs> it was all his evil plan to cash in on you becoming a songwriter so he could come back later and right <laughs> claim a half half uh yeah, make some claims on the songs that were written right yeah you get 50 percent. she wouldn't play me any of the songs that she'd written in the interim because because well, we got back together so fast, it was like we ran back in. I was like moving to New York. I was like, I'd been doing job interviews. I was getting a place set up there, and we ran into each other, and we got married. I mean, this was after five years of no talking, and we um, ran back into each other, and then we were married like four months later. And wow. So it's like it took us a while to like. <laughs> I know you think that I should have been singing you all this sad playing you all the sad songs that I wrote about you like mm-hmm. from day one yeah. but like I was gonna bask in this we had to like <laughs> kind of like ease back into things I didn't want to be like I've been pining over you for five years <laughs> these are all the sad songs I wrote about it <laughs> well I guess at that point you'd already hooked him so you could technically he was a good yeah I guess but it was still kind of awkward <laughs> yeah for sure we were definitely like those like kind of awkward new like newlyweds because we we literally only like got back together four months before we got married it, i think it was like to the day um yeah i remember like writing that down and y'all um, are in cross or from crossville originally well no we're actually from dixon dixon okay. um, but we went to school in cookville, cookville which is cookville, where sorry. Tech is yeah okay y'all are from dixon yeah that's awesome do you know people from there uh, no, not, well, yes, but, um, my, yeah, my friend lived way out in the, uh, in the forest. The, yeah. The sticks. Which forest? Yeah, the state, state park. Uh, Montgomery the state Bell, park? Yeah. yeah, Montgomery Bell. Yeah, we're, um, out in the park? Oh, close to there. Probably. Yeah, oh. we're Ernest, um, yeah, Ernest goes, oh, yeah. To, goes Ernest to camp, goes to camp. was filmed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mess hall was across, uh, the way from where he was living. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, that's, that's our claim to fame. Yeah, Ernest that and that guy that starred in that Britney Spears movie, no. and Anson 
Anson somebody. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So how long have you been songwriting? That was, you were split up for five years and then got married. This was all in your 20s. Has it been, you know, um, how long has it been since you started? Uh, Writing for the Danbury's, which is kind of when I first started writing. Dorothy had been writing before that, but just kind of for herself. You know, um, I don't, nobody's even heard those songs yeah. <laughs> that I wrote it still with, counts. That, with that wash barn guitar, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe <Yeah>. one day. <laughs> but, I mean, like 10 years, like basically on the awesome. dot. So is when our first EP came out. So like yeah. 09, 2010 is when I first started writing. And then or when we first started writing, like with purpose, I guess you would say. And all those songs on our first EP, our first album, Ben wrote. Um, cause we had just, we had just gotten married and we moved to Nashville and this was his first time in like the big city. Like, I remember you <laughs> feeling very like, whoa, Nashville's huge. And I was like, it's really not, <laughs> but he had been living in, you know, like Dixon and then went to school in Cookville and had been living there. So anyways, he got here and he was like, oh my God, it's like, there's so much music and there's so much going on. And he was just like, so like charged up from all the, the vibes, you know, yeah. like, that's when all this stuff was going on at five spot, the bluegrass um, Wednesday night five spot jams. And Ben was going like every week and like meeting all kinds of people. And he just started like writing songs. It just started like flowing. And you had written stuff before then. Yeah. But I don't think anybody's heard those songs either. They're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the first ones should definitely be buried. Unfortunately, some of my first ones are out on the internet, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. You know, I mean, I'm sure they're probably way better than you think they are. Like you're always the worst critic. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, when you started out, um, again, this is all going off the bio information. If you want to input anything else, when you started out, you had a lot of stage fright. Um, how did you turn the tide on that? Well, I would say just like, well, in the beginning, it was lots of whiskey. Like I, I couldn't get up on stage without drinking a ton of whiskey. And then there yeah. were a couple of times where it was like, oh, you had too much whiskey. So I had to like <laughs> find Bring a different, <laughs> a different um, method. Uh, really, I think just like over time, just like making myself do it. You know, it was really, really, really hard. I think I think everybody deals with stage fright and a lot of people just don't even do this because of their stage fright. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people like would love to be musicians or love to be speakers, but they're just too scared to get up on stage. So they end up just not doing it. So I think for me, it was just like, I just made myself do it and then like guilt tripped the hell out of me. Like (laughs) when we first got married, (laughs) that's, that's how everybody got me on stage. Dorothy, they're going to, everybody's going to be so sad if you don't get up and sing. So, um, just doing it and then just doing a lot of like internal, like healing meditation, like finding out, you know, like, you know, just like really like doing a lot of emotional healing and growth as a human being, you know, just becoming more comfortable, like being a person in general. And then it's hard enough, you know, uh, when you don't have a lot of confidence as a human being and then you like try to get on stage, like forget that. So I had to, (laughs) I had to really like do a lot of internal work and get myself to a place where I felt like I had, you know, something, something worth saying, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I used to be in a, a duo and I always made the other singer sing first. That was my kind of cheat yeah. into like, yeah. okay, now we've got like a little bit of a groove going. Maybe I won't be quite as nervous. I mean, I still was, but like, that was always my cheat is like, i never went first mm-hmm. yeah. whenever we started playing. <laughs> it's really nice to have somebody else. Cause you can kind of like lean on each other. Like when you have a weakness in something, you can lean on the other person, you know, like, um, I think about that all the time. Like how hard it would be to be doing this solo or how different it would be, you know, mm-hmm. but Ben ever... did solo stuff. Like okay. he was like the call, he was like the campus, like music guy um, <laughs> in Cookville at Tennessee tech. So he'd been doing like solo stuff for, you know, all of college. And then out after college, he stuck around and like continued to teach guitar and like play music in the, in the bars and, so he was like super comfortable being on stage. Yeah. And uh, so that was like my in. I never would have done it. I don't think I ever would have gotten up the courage to do it if, it if I hadn't been with Ben. And do you mostly, when you play, do you do as a duo or do you have a full band? Um, I know this is kind of a weird time to be having a band, but. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we've done a lot of both. I mean, we've had a lot of tours that we've done with bands. Um but we've also done quite a bit of duo touring just because it's easier sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> make more money. It's like a lot harder, you know, it's like, it's kind of the, it's the thing, you know, you talk to any up and coming musician and it's kind of like, you always want to take a band, but then you typically don't really, the artist doesn't come home with any money. If you take a band, it all goes right. to lodging and, and paying your band and and so there's a trade-off and then around yeah and then, <laughs> i mean by not having a set band per se through the years you know just a typical nashville thing you kind of have a small group of people that you call but it might not be the same bass player you know and so there's also a struggle with like well our show is probably technically tighter as a duo um yeah. and then and then sometimes you know you get like uh, if you get bigger opening slots they'll you know they they only want you you know they don't want a band um, so they just want to do it. So that works in our favor, though, that we've been able to do both. Um, but with the new record, um, we're for sure going to be as much as possible playing it with a, a band because it has lots of it has drums, um, first of all, which our, our previous records didn't really have drums on them. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, we could go out with us. There's a three piece with, with us two and an upright bass. And, you know, and if that bass player could sing, then it was like a pretty good pretty full sound but but now with the new songs it's can't quite pull it off that way i mean we could but we don't want to. we do i mean we we play I mean, we play a lot of the songs duo style but we really really miss miss the other instruments i mean when we started writing for this album we set out to write a duo like acoustic stripped down album and that just the songs didn't turn out that way <laughs> we were like oh <laughs> just because we knew it would be a lot easier to tour it and and play it if we did something that was just smaller but it's just the songs just were what they were and so we felt like we had to do justice to the music you know did you did you have to shift i know that it initially was going to come out i believe may 15th or something like that and it was supposed to come out may 8th everywhere but it ended yeah. up coming out may 15th in the uk it was a huge mess yeah yeah and so then you had to re uh shift the release i guess to the 24th uh how 
with the whole COVID thing going on, how are you dealing with touring? And I mean, are you booking for 2021 in hopes that by then you can book? Or are you just kind of playing it by ear? Like, uh, I, 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 I have no idea myself. Like, I, you know, <laughs> right, I have some right. gigs booked where like the promoter and I are both like, well, if it happens, it happens. You yeah. know, and I've never experienced anything like this. I'm curious what it looks like on your end. Right. I mean, honestly, we have a few things that we had lined up that are kind of, it's just, they're, they're checking in with us every couple of months, you know, and vice versa. Just like, okay, we still want this to happen. Um, but getting pushed we don't know when keeps getting and pushed. so like yeah you know it's like let's talk again in two months and so that's kind of what's going on um and i mean honestly i haven't really started actively seeking a lot of 2021 gigs yet just because it's just i, I don't know like it, it's hard to know if i don't know I should probably start sending some emails but it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's at the same time it's just like no one knows what's going on and i mean yeah, it's like the impossible conundrum of right. It's pretty obvious that none of the big shows are going to happen till late next year, right? From everything that you hear, and then now they're even saying the big shows may not come back till twenty twenty two. Really? Um, and it's a bit of a it's a for a band like us who you know are for this album cycle. You know, normally when your album comes out, you have a push, and so therefore it's easier to jump on festivals and things like that. But with all the festivals being canceled and pretty much booking the same exact lineup for 2020 and 2021, it kind of makes it, you know, there's, there's fewer spots um, for things like that. Um, But, you know, but there's also, there also are opportunities for us because people are, when things do kind of open back up, I mean, people are going to be fiending for live entertainment. Um, And, you know, and that we might find ourselves out doing duo shows or smaller shows, like just because that's what we need to do at first. Um, to be able to play safely and you know i I don't know it's like it's such a it's a weird little thing so (laughs) yeah it's like it's kind of hard to know i mean you know it's like i mean you know it's so much work to to put together a tour right you know even if it's just a week or two like with all the scheduling and all that and to, to go through all that routing and just all that just to have it rescheduled like it's disheartening it's very disheartening, yeah. So, yeah. I think I've I've not followed that yet because I <laughs> because of that exactly what you, exactly what you said right there. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard um, to even like try to reschedule it. You know, like it yeah. for months. I've looked at you know emails, and I mean, I you, you have to email the promoters back, but like it's just been such a uh, all over the place, you know, I, I've had promoters that just canceled the show and didn't even email me, you know, and then mm-hmm. you just see that like they're shut down. And then you, you've had the very communicative ones that are like, Hey, when are we going to reschedule this? I really still want to have you. It's been all over the place and there's no like, uh, commonality to it. Um, no. so it's, yeah, it's real hard because even if you had like a two week tour, cause I had a two week spring tour, uh, with Veronica Stanton and uh some of those dates are like yeah let's do it again but then some of those like anchors didn't get back or or aren't getting back or may mm-hmm. have closed so like yeah having like two or three of the seven shows 
is cool, but like now I got to do all the work over again because not everything's transferring over. It's such a right cluster right now. Right. Yeah. And it seems too, I mean, like, I mean, it's, there's going to be, there already have been some and there's probably going to be more. There's a lot of venues that are just disappearing, you know, yeah. I mean, and they're not going to make it through. And uh, I mean, I just, I mean, part of the reason I haven't emailed a ton of people is just because I don't, uh, I know there, I have some friends that own a venue here in Nashville, you know, and they're just like insanely stressed about, yeah, you know, their employees and, and everything else. And I mean, the last thing on their mind is like, Oh, what's on the books for September? You know, right. like they're just, it's just like, they're, they're like, when can we open so we can survive? You know, like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really uh, tricky time for everybody in the industry. Have y'all been doing the live stream? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah we've we, done. we did quite a few um, at the beginning and then we're, getting back into doing a couple a month um yeah we're gonna do another one like next week at from d's which will awesome. be cool yeah um i'll have to tune in what what's the date on that well we haven't confirmed it with these yet but okay. they're pretty open so he's <laughs> 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 a good buddy of mine uh, so uh um, it'll be we're gonna place, ask for Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, just look at uh, Facebook.com/slash The Danberries, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, uh, but- so has it? So for me, uh, on streaming, it's been so hit or miss. Like you could do it yeah. at like 1 p.m. and have like 150 people watching, and then do it at like 6 p.m. and have like 20 people watching, and yeah. so many people are doing it. It's just there's no consistency to it, uh, right? I've, found out i was wondering how it's been working out for you guys yeah well, i think that we the last one we did was on a weekend and i think we decided not to do it on a weekend um anymore in the beginning like when we started doing them in the very beginning like there were lots of people on them and i think because everybody was just so you know at home and dying yeah. and i think people have sort of sort of gotten used to, i don't mean di- i mean dying of like not being able to go out right and like listen to music um, but we've, I don't know, it, it seems like now that things are kind of opened back up a little bit or people have gotten used to it. Like they still have, they have plans again on the weekends. They're at least going out and hanging out with their friends in their backyard or something. So yeah, I think we're going to try to do like week or next one. we're going to try to do like a weeknight, um, weekday night and see how that goes. But yeah, it's been pretty hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, we've, one of the lucky things about putting out a record during a pandemic is <laughs> we had a, uh, we had PR on board, we had a publicist on board. And so basically like the week day where it was kind of obvious that everything was all touring had stopped, you know, everything was basically closed. There was like that week, I think it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday where it was kind of really obvious. Um, but like overnight, our publicist basically went from being a publicist to being a live stream uh, moderator. <laughs> and so, but having her like on our side, like was great because she had a lot of insight into what was working um, and how to push it out to more people. Um, and now and, she doesn't do them anymore because right. she's like, nobody's watching them anymore. Right. right. Yeah. And they're over yeah. it, you know? So yeah, she, she had actually, you're talking about Rachel. Yeah, yeah. 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 She had actually hit me up to do one. Um, and like had a list of like, this is what you need to do. This is yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. It was very helpful. Yeah. Very helpful. Cause we yeah. don't know. 
Nobody knows. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, Facebook, I've never, we've right. never gone live on Facebook before. Right. Yeah. Facebook changes how it all works every month or so. Yeah, anyway, they changed so, it yeah. since the last one that we did. And we had made a cool frame, you know, that has like the yes. berries and like the tip jar. Yeah. And so we pull it up for our last live stream and like they've changed the the Format whole or... thing and so like the Danbury's was like right across my face <laughs> like we didn't even know and so like we were just like playing and people were like can you get that off your face mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> and we were like actually that's really hard <laughs> we'd have to stop the video right like, Facebook why <laughs> like, it's that, that whole thing and it would, wouldn't be so hard if, they, if Facebook wasn't constantly changing everything you know yeah and even like I've noticed that like when they first started live, they would, it would reach out to so many more people. And now they've like even throttled the Facebook live to where you're not yeah. getting as many yeah. people that are able to see it. So like they're, yeah. they're throttling everything so much unless you pay money to them. Yeah. That yeah. it's just frustrating. But yeah, I've done a few like live videos on like big uh, blogs and stuff like that, where like 30 people were watching and this blog has, you know, tens of thousands of likes. Yeah. Like how, how are only 30 people seeing this right now? Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. Facebook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throttling it. Like Throttling you said. everything. Yeah. Um, one of the things in the bio, it talks about you had thoracic outlet syndrome where your arms stopped working when you were 24 yeah, it's called thoracic outlet syndrome. Oh, thoracic. Thoracic outlet, yeah. Um, and basically, when you get a diagnosis for a syndrome, it just means like you have a bunch of symptoms and we don't know really what's causing it. So like, right. <laughs> not a real diagnosis. I mean, it kind of is, but um, basically I just like your, your brachial plexus comes out of your brain stem and uh, it's like a bundle of nerves and uh blood vessels and it comes out of your brainstem and then goes through your armpits basically is where, where your thoracic outlets, like where your first rib and your clavicle meet. And so those, the brachial plexus was getting crushed in both of my, um, arms. So yeah, it really sucked. It was, it was awful. <laughs> That's why she started playing tambourine. Yeah, that's why I yeah. started playing tambourine. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, how did guitar. that affect your songwriting if you couldn't play guitar? Well, I just, I couldn't play guitar. I rem- And I remember the day too. And that this was actually like before Ben and I had gotten back together. Because that's all I did. Like I was working at ENY. I was an auditor. And I would like come home from work and I would play my guitar and sing until, you know, midnight or whatever. And then I would just put it on, you know, put it up and like go to work, come home, play all night by myself again. Like that was my routine. And it got to the point where like, I could, I just couldn't play the guitar anymore. It hurt too bad. My fingers weren't working right. And I remember the day that I like put the guitar in its case and shoved it under my bed and I kicked it. I was so mad. (laughs) And I just, I didn't handle it very well in the beginning. I was just mad. Yeah. World. You know, like I wouldn't even listen to music. Like I just, I couldn't even l- turn the radio on. It made me so mad. And uh, it was very just, I don't know. It took a lot. It took like, I, Ben, I swear I've said this a million times, but I really think that he's sort of a guardian angel for me. Uh, Cause he kind of came along at a time when I was just really like spiraling. Cause I, you know, I couldn't do my thing. That was my, my release, you know? And um, 
he kind of pulled me up and uh, he was like, you know, well, let's just move to Cookville. Um, Cause we had, we had moved to Nashville and we got married. He's like, let's go to Cookville and I'll, uh, you know, like pay all the bills and you just like figure out what's going on. Because this was after I had like, right when we got back together is when Vanderbilt told me basically we can take out your first rib and that's pretty much all we can do because I had been through their whole like physical therapy thing and nothing was working and it was just getting worse when I would go to physical therapy. And, um, so I was kind of in this place where I was like, well, Vanderbilt just told me that I was going to be disabled for the rest of my life. And, everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. And here comes Ben and we get back together and uh, he's like, let's just move to Cookville and you focus on, you know, figuring out what this is. Cause we're not going to take this lying down, you know? And so that's what we did. And um, I just started really getting into like alternative medicine then. Like um, mm-hmm. we had a friend who was a massage therapist. So uh, he kind of cracked the door open for me. And then I just, I blew it open after that just started. uh, I even went to massage school at one point. I just, I've done everything, acupuncture, craniosacral, acupressure, um, just meditation, um, a lot of therapy because really, really, um, you know, just like healing from childhood stuff is really what ended up really uh, healing it. Um, I got relief from the pain for the first time doing acupuncture. Um, but it took, you know, I want to say it was probably around seven or eight years before I, I realized one day like, oh, wow, my arms haven't been numb in a while, you know? Yeah. So it was like a long, it was a long period of time when I really struggled. Um, there were days when I could play the guitar and then other days I just I just couldn't. And so I never felt like I was like not rusty, you know, cause I couldn't ever just like play all the time. Yeah. Um, and so during that period, I started playing tambourine, which ended up being like a big part of our show. Um, cause I don't know if you, have you heard of blue mother Tupelo? Yes. Yeah. So I saw Michael play, um, right at the beginning of our, I think maybe before we released our, our first EP and I just got obsessed with it. I was like, I didn't know you could play the tambourine like that, you know? <laughs> so I bought like 30 tambourines and um, locked myself in the music room where we are right now and just like jammed out to like lettuce and Dr. John and the meters and like all the new Orleans funk and just probably drove Ben insane. <laughs> <laughs> like actually like practice the tambourine, which is something, you know, a lot of people right. uh, don't, don't know that you need to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, sitting on the two and four. That's all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. And that became like my, my contribution there for a long time. And I would still like write on the guitar. Um, but I could usually only play it long enough to kind of like get the chords, you know, and, and never like could do it like, well, because I, I just, my hands would just hurt, you know? Um, so, so a lot of that affected the songwriting on this album. Yeah, I would say that it did. I mean, Ben is such a strong guitar player though. So yeah, I, yeah, I would think that it does because like, I, I think at this point, you know, if I hadn't had 
you know, such a long period of time where I couldn't play the guitar, I kind of modified, you know, so like, I would just like sing. I've just focused on other things and we've like learned to songwrite in other ways. So I would just like, if I heard a melody or, or whatever in my head, I would just sing it to Ben and then he would just figure it out on the guitar, you know? So we've kind of modified, um, our process in that way, because I've, you know, the guitar for me, I've never, um, or I didn't for such a long time. I didn't have the ability to just like sit down and really hammer something out, you know? <laughs> so right. figured out quite quickly that if I just sang it to Ben, he could figure it out because he's an excellent guitar player. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me that I thought was really cool is you had Daryl Scott singing backing vocals on your song, the mountain, right? Yeah. That's awesome. How did y'all get in contact with Daryl Scott? Is he like a friend of yours or was he producing the record? No, he, well, he is, um, has worked with a little bit, uh, our executive producer. And then he also is friends with, uh, the drummer, Marco Giovino. Um, they and both, Marco also produced yeah, it. He co-produced yeah, it. They were in, uh, Robert Plant's band of joy together, Mar our okay. drummer and, and Daryl, um, and yeah, so we were stoked. Um, it was it was kind of a we cut most of the record in three days, and then we had like a few months of a few overdubs uh, or a few touch ups here and there, like in Nashville. And then I mean, we, I got pregnant. We got pregnant, <laughs> and then so everything was like whoa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then we'll everything paused yeah. for a minute. Then we spent like seven or eight months, um, kind of waiting for, you know, like we wanted someone who like we liked you know who kind of had a bigger name to like hopefully be a part of the album and and different folks that we were working with were like oh we think we can get so and so and so and so and and so some of them like one guy who we would love to have like really wanted to do it but the song was a little bit out of his range and then kind of the last minute they're like oh daryl's gonna like come sing on it and we're like oh man it's kind of like yeah, it was best. like Christmas time too. Yeah. We were like, yeah. Merry Christmas to us. Yeah, it was a great day awesome. to be alive. <laughs> yeah, he, he came to a, a studio with this guitar player that lives down the street, uh, Doug Lancio. He's a great, great guitar player and a recording engineer. And yeah, Daryl met us at Doug's and came in and just kind of really just had a good time with it and was super awesome. And uh, really what great studio guy. were y'all recording at? at uh, it was a home studio, uh, okay. a guitar player named Doug Lancio. Awesome. Um, who's a really awesome guitar player. Yeah, he's he's amazing. done a lot of work with Patty Griffin and I think they owned and, a uh, studio together. So yeah. a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the stuff was Patty stuff that I actually recorded on. And, did, and you recorded it all live in three days. Uh, yeah. Most the of majority it. of the record yeah. was done in Boston awesome. at Marco's home studio. Um, in three days. Yeah. Yeah. It was so very cool. different. Yeah. <laughs> like we were used to like taking our time you know, like, um, comp and vocals, like yeah. it was really like, for me, it was kind of shocking for Marker to be like, no, that's the take. And that's your vocal take. I'm like, I can't go in and fix anything. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, he I let love, me, he let I me do that. a little bit I of that. It. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm just used to being such a princess, you know, like mm. in this studio, like the vocalist <laughs> gets to like, you know, <laughs> sing it down as many times as you want and you pick out the very best parts, you know? Right, yeah. But Mark, I was like, no, we ain't doing that. I like so. it. I like <laughs> it. That's the way I, 
I, I feel you 100% because I had never loved my vocals, but I do think that in the long run, you're just nitpicking. And if you just get it down and you get a good yeah. take, you just got to let it run because it's just a snapshot of where you're at in your career anyway. So it's yeah, just yeah. Right. It's very healthy sure. to look at a record that way. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I hired a band that are friends of mine from Louisiana on my last record and we had set aside three days. We cut it all live, all the, the band. I did vocals separate, so I hybrided it. But uh, we set aside three days and they did it in a day and a half. And it was the best feeling, you know? I mean, that's oh, wow. saves you so much money, but like, yes. they were just so tight and together that like it just, we knocked it out of the park and it was great. Yeah. I love recording live. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's thing. amazing. We'll have to do it again next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you, you, you just said you, uh, you got pregnant and had a baby. How, how does touring look when you have children? We, we don't, we don't, don't know yet. Know yet. <laughs> oh, okay. That's true. That's true. Yeah. She just turned, she just turned one like a few months ago. So this was going to be the summer of figuring that out, you know, yeah, trying mm-hmm. some different things and it's just no, not on the not. table. At the moment, so, um, so yeah, we don't know yet. Um, but you know, I mean, I think it's just, I don't know. There's like, even before COVID, there was like lots of unknowns, you know, I mean, it's just the, there's just yeah. lots of unknowns with touring. Like when you're a, a still kind of an up and coming band and I don't know, the internet is a powerful tool and, you know, jumping in a van and just riding around and playing all these little cities here and there for people that, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, you, you're, yeah. you, you're an artist and it's like, as, as you get older, you start to really look at like, all right, what are we getting out of, you know, such and such show, you know? Um, right. And so it's like, for me anyway, trying to gauge that, like, where are we actually making progress as moving towards what we want? And where are we just like, playing a show for literally money and because we like to play and really nothing else outside of that, you know? And so it's like kind of trying to find that balance and then you, you know, you throw a child on top of it and it's like, okay, well, what's worth it to be away from her or like, you know, do we take her with us and like bring a nanny, which, which is kind of what we were leaning towards, you know? And um, I know some other bands that um, have young children that have, have done touring, you know, and, a lot of them typically, you know, they play in markets where they played a lot and they have, you know, become friends with people that are, will host them, you know, and let them, you know, bring the baby. And it's like, they'll go do sound check and then go back to the host house and put the baby down for sleep. Then they go play the show and they come back. And I mean, it's like, you know, you got to get creative. So Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're playing smaller markets, you know, because you don't have the luxury of making lots of money to have that sort of, in your writer or <laughs> yeah right yeah i need yeah. A, a nanny in the green room please right. yeah right no doubt do people put that on their writers <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you're putting like we need a nanny. all blue m&ms on your writer i feel like you should yeah, be able to any, put a nanny. just like the, the door guy will do yeah. yeah the door guy oh my god no, i'm just kidding <laughs> bad joke what uh you know you see it seems like you're, you're very focused on um like you said, there's other doors to be open other than touring. Now it's kind of a forced hand, regardless. You can't really do touring until 2021, pretty much. Um, 
what uh, has been, you know, I'm going to read a couple of quotes uh, or well, not quotes, but you got uh, chosen best new music by American songwriter and you were the editor's pick on the boot. Um, what has been some of the best uh, press or like the, the biggest accomplishment that you've had during this time with your new record uh, shine? I like this one from American songwriter. So I'm going to read this one. Uh, National Americana duo, the Danbury's are leaping outside of their usual comfort zone with new writing experience. One that can do together with a splash of new Orleans flair. Yeah. Sound, I think that, that was Macy, awesome. Macy Bennett from American songwriter. I, w- I mean, I would listen to the album. just. On that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got, I mean, we got a lot of really good uh, reviews. I mean, that was like, that was awesome. You know, it sucks when you get, when you get, I mean, we, we only got like maybe like a couple of people who were like, Oh, we liked the last one better um, from the UK. But like when you get a bunch of um, really nice reviews and people are saying really nice stuff about it, it's like, it makes it feel like it's yeah. worth it. You know, right. <laughs> like all the effort yeah. that you put into it. Cause you put so much into it. Yeah. Yeah. This um, record is like very different than any other record we've made. Like our older records were, Acoustic oriented, mm-hmm. bluegrassy, artsy kind of, you know. Um, and this record is not, I mean, it's 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 just more electric, you know, a little more rock and roll. Um, it's very different. So, and so we were kind of like, yeah, we oh, knew how there are people going to be some reviewers, you know, that really <laughs> yeah. like the acoustic, you know, side of us that were going to be like, yeah. But, um, you know, we, we didn't really care. We're not at the end of the day. And I think anyone's, most of us making music or being artists aren't, you know, or, hopefully making what we're drawn to make, you know, or like whatever just kind of comes out. At least that's, that's how we are. You know, we don't really sit down and be like, we're going to write a song about the train that drives through town every night at midnight. You know, it's like, we, we kind of just pull from the air and from our experience or yeah, from experiences. Experience. Um, but, um, but I mean, it is nice to, to, you know, to read things. And I mean, I don't know, like, Honestly, like at this point, there's been so many reviews come in. I just like, I don't. I'm the one who does all of that. I, don't really, uh, <laughs> I read them, but like, I don't really like good or bad. I don't really like take too much stock in it either way. Honestly, like I'm the one who puts um, them on our website and reads all of them and pulls the quotes. Together, <laughs> yeah. so. Right. So if I'm the could, one who. If Bob Dylan likes it, you know, comes out and says he really likes a song that I write, that would, I would probably. You'd read that one. With me. I remember that one but no i mean like you know i don't know it's 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 cool we've had a lot of comparisons to uh fleetwood mac on this record which i never really thought about and the more (laughs) that it happens i'm like okay i could see some of the because it's some of the the music's a bit darker um in in a in a way and um and so i see that and that's kind of a cool comparison um you know they did pretty good (laughs) yeah (laughs) so how do y'all write as, do you write as a duo? Do you write separately and then bring pieces to f- complete it? How do, how does that? Uh... We kind of write separately, and then and then we for this re- last record, um, we we kind of brought things that we already had, and then we finished them together um, to line, start it off. Yeah, but just, then we yeah. wrote. But then we wrote the yeah. songs together. Like we, we just have a little piece, but. Um, before this record, it was pretty much all solo writing. Um, if I was singing it, I wrote it. If Dorothy's singing it, she wrote it. You know, we might help each other a little bit, but it, not even hardly enough to really call it a co-write. But this last record, like, that was actually the 
one of the stipulations from our producer was like, all right, I want to make this record for you, but you guys are going to have to like write all the songs together. Um, which was a little frightening at first because <laughs> it had never gone. That, yeah. that process had never uh, worked in the past. So, <laughs> But it yeah. did this time. Yeah. You know, it was kind of amazing how that works. And like now we don't want to write songs without each other. Um, but yeah, the first, the first like three or four tunes, well, I think we wrote four songs with John Weisberger, but I think only three of them ended up on the record. But mm-hmm to get going writing because we were like we have to write together what is that even how do we do that um so we we got a third party i don't know if you know john but he's i, I don't know he's a great he writes a lot of bluegrass bluegrass songwriters um, that's okay. how we knew him. a lot of bluegrass songs with with all kinds of folks like from traditional bluegrass to molly tuttle or billy strings or you know he and, and not just bluegrass he writes with other people but he's known for writing in the bluegrass world but um yeah. i think that was also probably you know, fun for John because he does write a lot of bluegrass and these weren't bluegrass songs. Um, yeah. You know, so he yeah. kind of helped us finish some songs and, and uh, showed us how to, we could be civil <laughs> and, as a married songwriting couple. So how do you, diplomatically it's really hard veto, to do. <laughs> yeah. How do you diplomatically veto something of someone you love rather than just like a person in the room? That's gotta be tough tough to do because I've only really written with uh you know people that um I mean have become close friends but you know when you start you're not and so like right for me it's not as hard to be like mm, that line's kind of crap because you don't have to go to bed with them that night and, yeah <laughs> right yeah and have yeah. them pissed at you yeah yeah uh, it really helped it really 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 helped and then after John like got us started it just, I don't know. We just like, we just, the rest of that album just like came flowing out. It just felt like it, you know, we just like, once we got started, we just like kept writing, like Ben would like play a guitar lick and I'd be walking by and I would sing something or like he would write, you know, a verse and a chorus. And, you know, I remember on shot for the song shine, like Ben wrote, I want to say you wrote like the music to it. And I was like, I snatched it from him and I was like, I'm writing the lyrics to that. (laughs) Like we just, I don't know. We just started, they all came out differently. We don't have like a specific process, but like, um, I don't know. It just, it was really fun. Like learning how to like work with each other and like use each other's strengths to write songs. I mean, that, that was, that's like, was the first time we did that. And when we got done writing we were like okay that's the way that's the way you do this <laughs> have y'all been writing in the whole lockdown a lot more or less yeah. <laughs> a little bit we did in the very beginning um yeah. but then yeah. when playing you, a little bit but yeah but when you have yeah. a one-year-old and yeah. there, you can't you, there's like nobody to watch the kid because everybody's in lockdown um you just that's what you do is you watch yeah. your kid <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's been interesting talking to some of my musician friends. It's like there's they've definitely been hot and cold as with playing in, in the whole lockdown, you know. And and I mean, I think for some of them, it's like, you know, that some people that are sidemen, you know, like that for some of them, it probably felt nice to not like really play for a week or two for like, you know, and not feel the pressure of uh, bills are coming up. 
Right. Yeah. Or just not feel the pressure of like, you know, oh, my chops are down. And if I get this call, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, so it's like, I don't know, it's been bad for the music industry at the same time. I feel like a lot of people that I know, like this is their first shot at like having a garden (laughs) and, you know, like, like maybe getting a dog or, you know, or like kind of just being still for like a month or two or however long it's been. And, And like, I think, uh, to some degree, that's been a bit of a silver lining, a, a little bit. I mean, um, if there is one, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like we're, it kind of hit me a few days ago. It's like, like the day after the record comes out, it's like, all right, well, we got to write another one, because um, I think you know, like that's how you, especially with touring, just not even possible. I mean, even when touring was possible, I mean, you know, it's like you spend all this time to put out a record, and then the record comes out, and then like what do you get like two months maybe yeah uh, and, you know and then it's kind of like oh, okay well that's old um um so you know i'm kind of getting fired up to uh write the new record and figure yeah out what that's i am too like, so i'm really this is my favorite part of of the the whole deal <laughs> is the writing part yeah that's my yeah. favorite part yeah it's it's interesting because uh i like i have i'm coming out with an ep um and so I've been just tracking all the songs in my home studio as I like either write them or I'm, I'm revamping some old songs and stuff like that. And then I'm also like writing for a record that I hope to put out next year. But like, it's so hard. Like I've probably only come up with like one good song a month for the last four months, you know? And it, it just, it makes me angry because like I have so much downtime and here I am playing right. Fortnite for three hours instead of using that energy to write a song but it's just sometimes it's it's exactly what you said like I don't have to worry as much about my chops on songwriting because it's like well this is pretty much indefinite right now so somewhere in your brain you're like it's time to relax but it's also that that like uh drive that musicians have is also there that's like nagging in the back of your head to like continue Mm -hmm. to to do the process. I'm always curious how that's working for other people in this whole COVID situation. Well, we'll have to, I mean, when you have a kid, everything has to become very like scheduled and planned. So we'll, we've been like so busy with the album release stuff, like for the past couple of months. So, you know, now like once, once we still have some things coming out, like we just started a radio campaign and, uh, there's still a couple of videos that we have to release. So there's still some things that we need to do, but like once it's like go time mm-hmm. to start writing for the next album, we'll probably be like getting a babysitter and like having like set scheduled time to write, which is so different from the way we used to operate. You know, it was yeah. just like, Oh, just like whenever the, you know, it hits you, you know, <laughs> you just kind of like do it. But when you have a kid, it's like, yeah, that was part of what we learned in, learning how to co-write too was like you know like when we learned how to co-write and we were worked with john it's like that was you know we had a time booked to you know a few weeks out and we'd go meet and it's like okay you know it can, it can be this way you know it's like you, yeah we don't have to be hippy dippy super organic all the time <laughs> right uh, do, are, do you plan on doing more co-writing with other outside people for the Next record, maybe. Well, I don't know. I don't know. We haven't, we haven't thought about it. I don't know. <laughs> we haven't thought about anything except for getting yeah. the record out. So. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I don't know. I want to. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. Who, who knows? I have to admit, I'm not jealous that y'all are putting a record out during this because yeah. it's like, I, I, I am very um, impressed by everyone's ability to navigate it. Um, I've seen a lot of people do some really cool things that like, I just don't know that I would have the energy to uh, do in this situation. So kudos to you guys for really uh, pushing this album and, and doing a great job at it, getting some amazing press and uh, just writing really good songs. It's, it's awesome Thanks. to see. And I, I hope that everyone that's listening will go check out their new record. Yeah. Cool. Shine. Thank Appreciate you. It. Hey, man. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for being on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having great us. Talking to you. Here is a live version of Rain by the Danbury's, live from Dee's Country Cocktail Lounge. That's it for this week of Americana Station Podcast. Make sure that you click subscribe so you know when the new episodes are coming out. Make sure you check out the Dan Barry's new record, Shine. It's available on all streaming platforms. 
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting. Um, my name is Will Payne Harrison. You can find me on Twitter at Will P. Harrison, on Instagram at Will Payne Harrison, P-A-Y-N-E, uh, as well as on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Will Payne Harrison. Um, next time on the podcast, we will be having Mona Lisa Tribe. I'm very excited for you to listen to them and hear them. Check out my Americana Highways playlist on Spotify. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much.